Welcome back, all my faithful listeners. This is your guide through the everlasting wastes of shit that is the internet. My name, as always, is Lou Skunt. I'm a media expert, and I'm here to talk to you today about giant-sized team-up network and their quality shows, as they would call them. What might be on that network, you might be asking? Well, let's just dive right in, shall we? First up, we have Geek Versus. Geek Versus is three people who just sit around talking shit on every single thing except for wrestling. I would recommend this show to all the 12-year-olds who still watch wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Toy Power is an Australian-based show, so already you know it's suspect because Australia is filled with nothing but criminals and the descendants of criminals. But they sit around and they talk about toys, mainly He-Man. My guess is because somebody always wanted to be He-Man. Well, I can tell you what, the only master of this universe is your pal, Lou Skunt. (laughs) Blazing Defender Report is a comic book talk show of sorts, where sometimes he interviews quote-unquote guests, and other times he just reviews comic books. Sure, he may be big, and he may be muscly, and he may be handsome and wonderful, and he may even give good information on comic books. But let me ask you, those Funko Pop toys that he's always trying to pawn off, who made those? I'll tell ya. Little Vietnamese children, that's who. Can't trust that son of a bitch. Botch Podcast, why am I even fucking talking about this piece of shit show? Five assholes who don't even know how to play the fucking game they're playing. I mean, do you even know travel time, bro? It takes at least six weeks to travel that distance on horse. Not to mention you're probably exhausting them. They need a break, you know. Jesus. Fucking amateurs. Not even speaking of their dick fart burp humor or whatever. This show's not meant for anybody. Breaking the panel is three greasy white guys who sit on a pulpit of lies and just spout out a bunch of corporate bullshit like that Paul Klotz guy who's pro-corporation and anti-consumer. Real progressive thinking, guys. FTH Beyond is pretty much the same fucking show except with one minor upgrade in Kurt who's got the voice of a fucking angel being buttered up in olive oil and sautéed with some steak and hot dogs. Other than that, they just talk about a game that fucking hates its player base and suck the money out of its players like my fourth wife. And lastly, we have Pokemon Go Podcast. Sure, they're promoting exercise, but at what cost? They're also promoting fucking capturing endangered species and locking them in your fucking basement or some shit, all for their own amusement. Especially that Charles McFall guy. Swear I heard him last week screaming, dance, manky, dance. Anyways, I give this network, in my expert opinion, 1.3 stars out of a thousand. In fact, you should probably just go on over to www.giantsizeteamup.com and just get a good laugh at all these shows that are absolutely mindably crap. But now the podcasting network review time is over. We're going to take a slight break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about my favorite cat video of the week. Positively going to make you furious with envy. (laughs) These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comic's life. We're breaking the panel. 
Welcome to Breaking the Panel, where we talk about all the awesome things that go on in a week and some of the not so awesome stuff. But I think tonight is mostly awesome jazz going on. <laughs> you, can, you can say that. Yes, hey. Not. So, uh, I'm the right guy podcasting, Charles McFall. And now I turn it over to the two guys who are just going to meme each other the whole night and not include me Paul Klotz and Philip Keating. Hi. Like, oh, like that? That's weird. Hi. Every week it's been, I get down to the end, I'm making a point, and you're just cracking up on camera. So, you know. It, it, a- it's always at this random point, and you always smoke us out immediately. Like Immediately. You Every like, time. Oh, you guys are memeing. And it's literally just as I read a meme or send one. Every time. I, I'm a dad, man. I sense a disturbance in the force. I tried to meme him last week during the live Pokemon Go, but he oh, was I read him. I read them. I know, but you didn't have any reaction during your live stream. It was as if you were professional or something. It, it, it annoyed me. <laughs> it takes up. We used to play a game on the Bear Crawling Show, if you could get me off my game. Because I could read the chat and hear things back in my headphones and still stay on it. And it took a lot. But, you know, they'd get a T-shirt if they could get me off my game. I sent you some pretty graphic Pokemon memes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what can I and say? You were just stoic, just like <laughs> you're sending to the sending these like I haven't seen all these before. Philip, come on, <laughs> up your game. Uh, no, up yours. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Paul? You you've been doing that evil hand rubbing, like oh, I got a story. Oh, I got the evil <laughs> beard thing going on. Uh, people took a quite a big dump on uh, BlizzCon and, and Blizzard this week, didn't they? Oh boy, I've been I've been waiting to talk about this since uh, the first day of BlizzCon. So uh, you know, BlizzCon came and went over the weekend, and uh, <laughs> if you've been anywhere on the internet, you've probably seen uh, that there's been quite a response to the. Uh, well, let me frame this a little bit first. Um, going into BlizzCon, I know Phil and I had talked. I think we talked about it on air even. And Phil was really hoping to hear something big about Diablo. And I did. Because they, they had been kind of being like, hey, there's going to be something for Diablo. And and apparently they walked that back the last couple of weeks where they were like, uh, don't get super excited. But I there is going to be something for Diablo. <laughs> But uh, anyways, uh, for me, I expected one of the big things to come out of BlizzCon is I thought the WoW team was going to get absolutely roasted because of all the the issues with the community with the current expansion for that just came out a couple months ago for WoW uh, because, you know, it came out, it resonated really strongly initially, but then it fell off. Like people weren't really impressed with the, the major features and mechanics of the expansion and the raids weren't holding people over that kind of stuff. So I really expected to just see horror story memes about people roasting them in the Q and A's and stuff. Nope. That all got drowned out by, uh, by the way, blizzard uh, <laughs> shot themselves on the foot. Uh, so they, they capped off their presentation, which they, you know, they revealed uh, some of the stuff they're working on in the coming year. Uh, namely, one of the big things that came out in the middle of the day before the Diablo-related thing I'm going to get to was uh, they announced a new character for Overwatch, and they teased at the next one because they released a cinematic at the same time, uh, which is the new Overwatch character is Ash. She's a, uh, a villain counterpart to McCree, which is pretty cool. Uh, she's the leader of the gang that uh, a bunch of 
NPCs are in. But uh, then the, everything was blotted, the, the sun was blotted out by the arrows that were loosed by the crowd um, for the Diablo announcement, which was the capstone of the entire presentation. And that was Diablo Immortals, a mobile game that everyone is so excited for. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, this was um, one of the most awkward things I think I've ever seen from a uh, video game announcement. And uh, the fallout from it, it's been pretty great. Uh, so they announced it, and they, they brought up a longtime Blizzard employee. Um, I can't remember it. Wyatt. I can't remember the rest of his name. I apologize. Um, someone who's been around for a while, who's been shuffled from team to team. And they let that man just die out there. Like <laughs> they, they pushed him out there and they all hid behind their shields and they let him take all the arrows. Uh, he went out there and he, he announced it with enthusiasm. They showed a bit of it. And there were like, not, there was a, maybe a couple cheers, like, but not, it, it went over like a lead balloon, basically. All right. And then a few hours later during the Q&A with the Diablo developers, the memes were generated. <laughs> Namely, uh, yet another man in a red shirt uh, went up for the, during the Q&A. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For anybody who's a Blizzard fan, there's a legendary... Red shirt guy. Red shirt guy meme. Uh, who's a guy who went up and talked to Metzen. Uh, you know, for the WoW one, and he challenged him on lore in front of everybody, and basically called out the fact that Metzen didn't know what the fuck he was talking about at the time, um, which is indicative of basically WoW lore while Metzen was at the helm. I love Metzen, don't get me wrong, but he couldn't always keep his his shit straight. Um, and that was a meme for a long time. This guy was also wearing a red shirt, and he deadpan in some of the best like curb your enthusiasm delivery ever. He goes. So, is this a uh, out-of-season April Fool's joke? <laughs> and, like, again, Wyatt's up on stage, and he's like, nope, this is, this is legit. Like, this is, this is what we're announcing. This is what we're doing. And uh, uh, there was another great one that came out of it where a, a different guy asked... Uh, is this like, is there any chance that this mobile game will have a PC port that people will be able to play on PC? And they were like, <laughs> the guys up on stage. Like Hearthstone, right? You could do it that way, maybe. Yeah. Well, one of the guys goes, one of the, the, the uh, Blizzard employees goes, don't you guys have phones? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <And> that, <laughs> that was like a direct callback to the, uh, if you'll remember the E3 Xbox one presentation where during their Q and a, somebody asked them about their always on, always like always connected via the internet feature and Most stuff. Have internet. And they're like, so what, what about folks who might live in rural areas or something where you don't have, you know, broadband or you don't, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Like, what are we going to do? And that Xbox employee ridiculed, ridiculed people who like he just like he called them like yokels to their faces like who doesn't have broadband 
Well, plenty and of time didn't have Broadway. It was legendary at the time. This was back in 2012 because, one, a lot of people chalk up that entire presentation and the way they talk to people as to why the Xbox One like failed so so hard early on comparatively to what was expected yeah i'm not trying to say the xbox one failed well they put it didn't but it came in saying a clear second and yeah because of the drm only stuff the right. all that kind blah, of stuff blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, they, but the way they responded yeah. uh that guy yeah. doesn't work for microsoft anymore to to just kind of like lay it out there because he also what? Wasn't he the president of the xbox nah, division he, no i think he was just somebody on the team okay I don't think he was like a. I, I don't think a president of a division would be dumb enough to step in it like that. Anyways, Ooh. this this response was very comparable to that. So the internet exploded over the weekend, and uh, every ga- remotely gaming related subreddit that I belong to had posts about it, links to it. Uh, then there they were accusing Blizzard of trying to hide the negative feedback by. Um, reposting the trailer video on YouTube so that it would reset the like dislike ratios i don't know if that's true or not but people were saying they kept noticing the numbers kept changing i I saw that meme online i don't know if it's yeah uh but yeah like so basically um some of the background is this this app is a it's going to be a mobile diablo game it's being made by a chinese company uh which has made a number of other mobile games some people have claimed that when they went to look at it that it's basically a clone a reskin of one of that company's other games that they've done before so it sounds like they're basically taking the you know the the software and the groundwork that they've done on a different title and just kind of re you know reworking it for the diablo is that franchise. a horrible thing to do not necessarily but that game is also just a clone of diablo right well, thematically, yes, it's it's a it's definitely a vibe uh, like yeah, lift. It's like it, it, basically the gothic fantasy. It's going for the same thing. Um, now, my response to all of this is first of all, the the, the it's hilarious. Um, there's also some community. Oh man, we, we got so much to unpack with this one. I've also seen a bunch of industry insiders who have been chastising the fan base for being upset about this announcement and basically uh, one guy was arguing that the people who were upset with this were entitled and they were spawned from the same uh you know horrific negativity as toxic masculinity and then someone else tried to argue that it's inherently racist to be upset with this title because it's a made by a Chinese developer and it's it's here's the thing here's the breakdown Jesus oh people this are game, stupid that's the breakdown this this game is clearly made for the Asian market right for for China Korea it's it's made for the Asian market and there's not inherently anything wrong with that this is you're getting my hot take now there's not inherently anything wrong with doing this mobile game there's not anything inherently wrong with developing a game for that market. But the Western audience, the the Western Diablo fans, the tried and true people who have been here for the last 25 years, they wanted to hear about Diablo 4 or some new content for 3 or just basically anything that services the mainline, you know, series. Also, you know, this year uh, Blizzard announced uh, they're, they're finally remastering Warcraft 3. So they were hoping maybe we'd see a Diablo 2 
you know, remaster or something was in the works. Basically, there was a whole slew of, of ways that Blizzard could have gone where they're like, hey, this is what we're doing. And by the way, we're also doing this mobile game to hold you over, you know, so this is a little, you know, something tasty you can jump on if you want. But no, they propped this up as, hey, this is our, this is our best thing we're doing in the next year. This is, we're putting all our, <laughs> all our eggs in this basket and we, we're really excited about it, aren't you? And people just weren't. And they felt like it was a real, you know, kick in the teeth, basically. Um, and I'm sure, I will say this, I'm sure there are some people who have been way over the top. I'm sure they're sending all the nastiest messages to literally anybody with a Blizzard tag on their shirt. That's shitty, obviously. But people have, I think the Diablo fans have a right to be upset. What do you guys think? Nope. I Go don't. On. I just don't. I mean, what what did you want? Did you want them to at least announce Diablo 4? And then sure. have it not come out for five years? Is that what you wanted? Because well, that's that, what that's an entirely different conversation. But that's what happened with Diablo three. They announced it in two thousand eight, and it came out in two thousand twelve. Mm-hmm. So, so do you want to just wait for that, or do you want them to to premiere a game and have it come out within a year of them actually announcing it? If they're not ready to announce it, they're not going to announce it. I mean, Blizzard always. <clears throat> always takes their times until it's blizzard ready which which is far more polished than other game developers so but recent track record would argue that it's not good necessarily polish doesn't necessarily mean good no you're right i mean look at what happened with diablo 3 diablo 3 came out was a smashing success initially had huge server issues the first week which really hurt it the gameplay fell off once you hit Inferno, right? Like, that's the wall that everybody hit. Everybody played for, like, a week or two. They hit the hardest difficulty on the game, couldn't advance at all, and then all the other, you know, the Real Money Auction House and all this other stuff that got in the way of people having a good time. Player base falls off. You know, like, when, when you're talking, like, 90 days out from launch of Diablo 3, hardly anybody, comparatively to who bought it, was playing still. And then, you know, it wasn't until basically reaper of souls that we got a major which was two years after got a major rehaul of the entire game which revitalized it it added new content it did and it it offered end game that was enjoyable for people go on well no no also i mean nobody wants another chapter of diablo 3 nobody wants chapter you know another reaper of souls part 2 it's just nobody wants that it would it would i think it would anger them even people even more if they were just like and we're going to bring in the amazonian as a new character set and then add one more chapter to the storyline should they have showed a teaser trailer at the end of their production yes 100% like a good 30 second to a minute 30 of what they you know some weird cinematic that they had for four but I mean, I'm still going to play this, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people that are bitching about it are still going to play it as well. Maybe not for a while, but Is they're going to... free to play? Yeah, it's going to yeah, be free to play. It's, it's free to play. Well, but that... I'll touch back on that, because that, that opens up a whole other thing that people are upset with. My thing is, why did, if this is all you had, why was this your capstone moment to your presentation? Because at the end of the day, this was the biggest announcement during the entire BlizzCon. And they probably shouldn't even have had BlizzCon 
because every other announcement was lackluster. Mm-hmm. But they can't because now all their esports capstone championships end at, at BlizzCon. Yeah, that's that's an awkward situation to be in because they used to skip years with BlizzCon in the past when they had nothing major to announce. Correct. And all the announcements that were made, even the new Overwatch characters, you had a new character announced for Heroes of the Storm, which is not tied to any other franchise except Heroes of the Storm. It's an original character from that mm-hmm. universe. None of these are, are considered, you know, big BlizzCon news. So it, it seems like this was a year that they traditionally would have skipped, but they can't anymore. So it sounds like they need to spin the brand off from BlizzCon capstoning all these events to having their own esports that's presented at BlizzCon perhaps, but if they don't do BlizzCon, you still have the esport finale. Well, that's that's the awkward situation they put themselves in because I in my opinion I'm not a big fan of the BlizzCon concept. I I, I haven't gone but my whole feeling on it is I don't think that they have a lot of properties, but they don't release stuff at a frequent enough pace for those properties for me to justify their own convention every single year. That has changed a little bit with the esports consideration, but everybody else who's in the esports space, they have their championships at other major events. You know what I mean? Whether it be whatever. I mean, there's been a bunch of stuff. Um, well, now it's just a, a giant community event, and it's where people, you know, who are diehard Blizzard f- fans go to hang out Which with guildmates. Which would be fine if they didn't skip other major industry presentations, such as E3. You know what I mean? Like, if, if they weren't skipping E3 every year, and BlizzCon was just a community thing, there would be... And, and they still, obviously... So let's say... This is a, a you know a light year for them, so they don't put as much emphasis on this uh, presentation, and they go to E3 just to announce this game earlier this year because it would have been within the timetable. Sure. You, so you announce your new Diablo game, you tease some of the stuff that's come out in the in the months since E3. You know what I mean? Like so, uh, the most recent Overwatch characters, some other stuff. Then, and they probably could have announced the remaster for Warcraft Three at E3. People would have been like, all right, cool. You don't have a lot going on, but you've got some stuff. You participated in the major industry presentation that everybody does, except for you, for the most part. You and Nintendo are your own little islands. And it takes all the pressure off BlizzCon. But they build up BlizzCon to be this huge thing. They sell a $50 fucking digital ticket to it every year. So you can watch this amazing presentation and all this other stuff that they're doing. And when it's not an amazing presentation and you're capping it off with a mobile reskin for a foreign market, which is lost on the Western market, which I understand everything's moving into the Asian market, right? Like that's, we've talked about that with movies. Like that's why the Marvel movies have started to go a certain direction. That's why a lot of other, you know, franchises have gone a certain direction to accommodate for the, the desires and what they have to kind of pivot around to have a strong presence in, China and South Korea and Japan and so on. And I respect that. But you had to know that the Diablo community feels underserved. They feel like they're, they don't get really any attention. And well, so, okay. My question, I I don't play the game. Uh, I Mm -hmm. played Diablo back in the day, touched on Diablo two for about 10 minutes. Uh, If Diablo three was so bad, why would they bother making a Diablo four? 
because it's a strong franchise. It's people. It's not that people don't like the franchise. It's that they didn't like the initial direction of three. They, some they, people were still. I'm assuming they made money on it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, they also just you know they're working on the Switch one. That Switch one's out. Yeah, or is it out already? Mm-hmm. Came out yeah. uh, November second. Okay, so it's been out a couple of days. Um, you know, that was the other big news this year for Diablo was basically, yeah, we're going to port it to Switch, just like everybody else is porting everything to Switch now. And it's, I mean, that's the other thing is Diablo 3 is turning into the Skyrim, uh, the Skyrim meme. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you, and we're going to put it on a TI-84 and you're going to be, yeah, exactly. Paul. I, yeah, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just, I, did you watch the whole opening no, ceremony? I've, I've watched clips. I haven't watched the whole. Okay. So do you know if Diablo team talked about their Netflix series that's in production at all? I don't know. I haven't seen okay. that got drowned out by the, the other stuff. Yeah. So my point is company's going to make money, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to make as much money as they can hand over fist. And if making a port makes them more money at a lower cost, they're going to do that. That's just what we're going to do. Sure. Um, I, I mean, your arguments are valid, but I'm saying I'm kind of with Phil of going, I don't know. I'm in between you two. I think you, as a fan, you can be disappointed. I still, I still say it's too soon when people make Half-Life 3 jokes. You know, yeah, he's like, no, it's too soon. One day. One day he will return. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's actually a perfect example. But you don't get to get mad about it. Sure you do. You know, why? I mean, what, they, what? they love this property. They want to see more with it. Yeah, I love freaking uh, uh, Quantum Leap. I like, they ain't going to do crap with that. You know, it's you get to enjoy a product while it's out there. And if they're going to go into the mobile market to make money hand over fist, they don't need you. And maybe that's what you're right. about. Like, oh, that's, that's what the community is saying. That's what they're pissed about. So Blizzard, here's the thing. Blizzard is unique in the space as a company that has almost always been virtually entirely focused on the PC market, right? All their major franchises cut their teeth in PC. Sure. Most of them were PC only until this most recent generation of consoles. You know what I mean? Like it was Di- Diablo. And I'm saying uh, money talks. And that doesn't matter. World of Warcraft, all PC, Starcraft, you know, the same thing. Yeah. In the recent years, Blizzard has not been able to put out products consistently that have consistent quality and frequent releases. So people are frustrated and certain franchises are getting, I mean, that's the Starcraft people are just like, they've given up. So what do you want as a company like Blizzard? Do you want people to be just disappointed that you have nothing new to announce year after year and have nothing new to show? Or, I mean, I don't know what to say. Like it's, I think the people have a right to be frustrated. Diablo 3 has been incredibly underserved for content releases. They released the expansion two years in, and they've released two new characters, like ever. And they have, historically, a bunch of other characters they could have pulled on and, and put in the game. Even something like that would be, a, you know, a bone. Like, well, I, I think, game, I think yeah, I'm being a little harsh here, but because I know D- Blizzard has got a, a good fan reputation, typically. But the bottom line is... Uh, you're, we're all Johns. We're all Johns. They only care as long as we're putting money on the dresser for them. That's all they care about. That, and they're going to move towards money. That's supposed to be the argument against what Blizzard's not about. 
I'd say the companies are about that. But Phil made that comment earlier that they put out better games, right? My name is Rock Out of Podcasting. It's not Dopey Phil Keaton. <laughs> no, but I, that's you can respond. But their brand and the way they market themselves is we only release it. They've scrapped entire titles that were subpar, that that were re- almost ready to come out. You know, StarCraft Ghost, uh, Titan, which ultimately became Overwatch, but really it was hey, we have all these assets in this world we've developed. That's what we, you know, that's what they pivoted to. Um, they've scrapped projects. And pe- so people are, so people see no progress on the properties that they care about. They see lackluster releases for the, pro- you know, the lines that they care about. And then they see a shitty mobile reskin and they're like, this is what you have to offer. You're supposed to be the best of the best. You know, Blizzard is supposed to be one of the best companies in video games. Everybody falls to the money dollar. Oh, and at that point, then why should why should the hardcore Blizzard fans, why should the BlizzCon fans, the people who spend thousands of dollars to go to San Jose and hang out with everybody at Blizzard and hang out with everybody else who loves Blizzard games, why should they be enthused by a mobile reskin? That's I'm, not, have... I'm definitely not saying they should be enthused. My ultimate question is, why are you a fan of a product by a company that only matters when money's on the table? I mean, enjoy it. Enjoy your games. I, I, I made a comment about Half-Life 3, right? I love Half-Life. I'll go back and play every once in a while on my Steam account. I hope I had access to it. Half-Life 2. But Valve went, went the way of hosting. I mean... Yeah, they don't I, make games anymore. Yeah, the last game they made was like Portal 2, or maybe they farmed that out. I don't know. I might be speaking out of school there. But, you know, they, they went a different way. Okay, my loyalty didn't go with you. But my, my fandom is of my experience in the game. and by all means, you're welcome to go to cons. You're welcome to go play with other people who have fun playing. And there will be other cons if BlizzCon goes away, which ultimately it will one day. I mean, E3 almost went away. It, it almost died and then came back as a different beast. You know, um, at some point it so, might go away. But it, I, I guess my fun. response to your stance on it is if, if your fans aren't happy and all you care about is money, what is your perceived end result then? Because the way I see it is if you if you are a company that's built your brand on serving your hardcore fans, which is how you are the company that you are, sure. and you disappoint them continuously for years and years, and then the, the only things that really come out and do well at all are your Overwatch, which a lot of people still label as a cash grab. I don't completely agree with that, but I get it. Uh, and, you know, a mobile game, for example, and Hearthstone, same thing, even though Hearthstone's been flagging lately. What... How do you defend that as a company? Uh, you bet. I, I don't know. I mean, that's the corporate thing. And honestly, I, I get frustrated when anything that starts off small and good becomes corporate because you do serve a different master. You serve a different beast. And, and you better find a new market. You better be damn sure you're getting into the, the mobile markets that are going to make you billionaires and I, I hope I'm sure they've done the research. And then what you do is you keep feeding the Hearthstone beast. And the well, uh, they do. I mean, that, that's the one that seems over, to be the most loved. Overwatch and Hearthstone produce hundreds yeah. of million dollars a month. And then you, you keep. And then then you just say farewell to everybody. I mean, honestly, if you're going to do what you're doing with Diablo, then you just need to. I'm not saying it's right. I'm trying to come from a, a business standpoint of of what are you serving? The master you're serving is a dollar then you're going to lose the hardcore Diablo fans. But have you really been servicing them anyway? From what you guys are saying with Diablo 3, 
they even today you know, up till now they haven't really been servicing those fans very well not at least since ros i mean the only thing since then when in 20 20- 14 was the necromancer release so ultimately my answer to your question of do i think the fans have a right it's not about right as uh, it's not about sure you're upset you're not gonna get more of what you want but i think if ultimately these ones who've gone ape shit on the web right and gone crazy and i hate you know all this stuff hate mail oh, i'm not you, supporting you miss, those people i know i know you're not but I, i'm the, the middle of the road fans will go well that sucks i mean you can be various levels of that sucks but that's where it ends for them then the, those ones that are doing the hate mail and this and that and other, it's like you misunderstood what this was. This was not a relationship. You put money on the dresser and I took it. <laughs> Phil, how about you? you have, you've been quiet for a little while. Oh, no. I mean, the Necromancer came out last year. So it's not like they have been waiting since 2014 for, con- um, for some content. It's just... Well, but all it was was a new character well, a new character in a couple couple stages onto it but i mean paul people still play diablo like on a daily basis and then you have people like me who will play for a season and get two weeks in take a break mm-hmm. and then i get an itch and i'll go back in and play more diablo because i enjoy that loot grind i just i think people are really overreacting i mean they haven't committed atrocities like ea has they just didn't oh yeah 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 a lot of people say that this is how you get to be ea this was the same pattern we saw with ea now that that may be and that's yet to come but ea before the loot incidents the loot box incidents you had the notorious widespread whistleblowing of how they treated their employees and ea basically went we don't care Right. And they did not get hurt in any way. They're still cracking out those Maddens and those basketball well, games. And the other thing about EA is, I don't know. You know, you, you look at the degradation of, of the FPS genre that they have a couple of titles in. Uh, you look at what happened with Bioware. You know, they they get Bioware and they run that into their ground because yeah. people have, yeah. have not been happy with any of their recent offerings. And so people see the same thing happening here is all I'm saying is like, they, they say this is the pattern of behavior that we saw with EA and other comparable companies where they started worshiping the dollar. Like you said, Charles, and rather than putting out great games that people were, you know, basically fighting tooth and nail with each other to get on release day and just gushing about they're releasing chafe that is just there to the battlefront issue you know we're just oh this game is just here to generate microtransaction revenue but we're still going to slap a 60 dollar tag on it kind of thing not that this mobile game is going to have a 60 dollar tag on it or anything but here's the thing the switch port they're charging full bang for that like that game's been out for six years yeah and you know what i mean like that's another thing that people are pointing out it's like when you port these games to a new console yeah i'm sure there's development costs on that and everything but like you're re- you're repackaging something that you've sold for years and you've been selling at a discount for the PC and other consoles for years. And, and people like Phil, I'm not knocking you, Phil, but some suckers like you will be like, yeah, take my money just because you're a Nintendo fan and a Blizzard fan. And you're like, here, take 60 bucks. Give me but this it, has a, it has a Ganondorf armor set in it, Paul. <laughs> exactly. I want to exactly. look like the bad guy. Yeah. You, you, you spent $60 on something that took an art department guy 
a day to put together. Paul, <laughs> you can get a uh, a cuckoo pet, you know, the chicken <laughs> in Paul, man, Will Smith is right. <laughs> Parents just don't understand, man. But I mean, here's the thing, and and I, I'm I'm going to almost agree with you, and then I'm going to ask you a question. Could it be that this you're not wrong, and this is where Blizzard is heading, because all the original guys that started and ran Blizzard are no longer there anymore. Oh, you know, Warheim Warheim just stepped down this weekend. I mean, he stepped down a while ago, but he yeah. he said his final goodbye. So all the old heads are out, man. And and yeah. we'll I mean, see. I mean, you're you're right. I mean, it's, it's exactly how right? yeah, it's how EA started, and uh, you know, uh, Bungie too. You know, Bungie legendary for the Halo series, and and here we are. Destiny 2 comes out and the most recent expansion got some praise but Destiny and Destiny 2 have had all these issues and people are they call Bungie Bungle 10 years ago if you had told me that people would refer to Bungie as Bungle I would have laughed at you I would have been like Bungie's killing it you know because that was at the height of the Halo era and everything these companies are losing you know the creative and the, the leadership yeah they're soul exactly they're losing the people that made these games great and they're just pumping out shovelware at this point I, just, I am, go ahead, sorry. Oh, just for the record, I didn't buy Diablo 3 on Switch yet. Really? You said but, you were going to. I know. I said I was going to, but I've got, you know, Pokemon next week, and then I have uh, Smash Brothers in a couple weeks after that. Mm-hmm. So I don't have time to... Well, it could be like every other Switch game I buy. It just sits there haunting I, me. You mentioned that you were feeling the itch again. Uh, we were talking this past week and I responded to you. My issue is at, I bought Diablo three release day. You know, I was there, I was playing and I played nonstop for two weeks when Diablo three came out with two of my buddies or actually, I'm sorry, three of my buddies. Uh, we played a four man nonstop all through the beginning of the game. And we had a blast. It's one of the best memories I ever had, especially because one of those buddies unfortunately passed away last year. Um, it, it, that was an exciting time in gaming. That was an incredible experience. You know what I mean? Of course, we had to <laughs> wait to get onto the server and stuff like everybody else and all of that business. But the point is, like, Blizzard is legendary for those kind of stories, those experiences. You know, people loving the franchises, loving the characters. But every single one of their properties right now, except for Overwatch being the you know the new one on the block is failing in that regard. They're losing the support of the community. And even when people come back, like for a, like a, sorry, a world of Warcraft expansion, we were all like, I mean, Phil, you and I in Austin, we did our little, a little side shoot of this show for anybody who cared about that. We were on our knees, arms spread, mouths open for blizzard at that point. We're like, this is great. You know? And here, you know, normal people would just be like, "Awesome, let me play the game." Exactly. You no, take but, it too far. We do, we do. Uh, no, but I mean, like, and then two weeks after that, none of, like, at least Phil and I weren't playing regularly. For That's, a while. Yeah, you're right. You went back to it. I went back, but I'm out again. Right. So. so what's? I guess maybe this is more indicative of the entire industry. Is like, can nobody put out a quality game anymore? 2K Games, they put out Borderlands and uh, XCOM. Uh, 2K Games has been getting roasted for their sports games and their monetization. Oh, God, right. Uh, and that's, see, that's my point, is 
I love my experience with XCOM. I do not confuse that with they owe me something. And I don't care that they make sports games. I don't play sports games. Now, I've heard the bad juju that they put in it. And actually, Gearbox made Borderlands and XCOM, I think. And they were distributed by 2K. But, um, and it's a tough road. And here's what I'd say to the fans. If you truly love Blizzard and you believe in what they're doing, instead of screaming and crying and posting memes on the internet, actually contact them in an adult fashion and say, bring it back home. Oh, no, it's a no. version of bring it back home. Blizzard has responded to that in the past. They've, they like to say that you don't know what you want. Steve Jobs was famous for that, and he was mostly <laughs> right. But, you know, not everybody's Steve Jobs. Blizzard, just say it. You know? Well, that's the funny thing is you mentioned the memes. One of the memes about this whole thing with Blizzard has been the Steve Jobs conversation where he talks about there's a point where a company stops being about the innovation and the product yes. they were creating and starts being about like the the advertisers and the marketing departments and basically they change your company on you. And look what happened when he died. That's exactly what Apple did is they went to be about peripherals and and oh we gotta change the port every time. So you buy Steve Jobs is a colossal dick or was I oh, should say he was yeah like, he was saved that company. I mean they revolutionized this industry like they the, the reason we all have smartphones that work the way they do right now is because of the pushes he made that pushed the technology forward and it's because he was focused on what he believed in and what you said phil carries now the people who started blizzard who was focused on presumably because of how it played out over the last decade or two focused on great content fun games and community they're not there anymore and now there's a new driver in the driver's seat where are they focused on from the outside, it looks like they're focused on maximizing the short-term dollars and moving on to the next thing. Yeah, but I don't know why they would have to do that because, like Paul said, they already have cash cows of mm-hmm. Overwatch, Hearthstone. But you also have to remember Warcraft subscriptions are $15 a pop. Mm-hmm. And even if there is, let's say, I don't know, 5 million people still subscribed, that's $75 million a month. So it's not like they're Blizzard prints money is the thing because so, it's never enough. That's with any company. But that's it's never yeah, that's enough. That's is good. It is a problem. It is a problem. It is a problem because it's that that mentality works. Now, this speaks to more than just what we're talking. This speaks to everything. This speaks to Disney. This speaks to Marvel. The mentality of greed is good, and you know the power of the almighty dollar dollar works as long as you the product you're putting out continues to resonate with people. But when you lose touch with what people cared about, that's where you suddenly wake up the next day and you're Apple twenty years ago when they were about to close doors. You know what I mean? Right. So that's the thing, and it's like, do you want to be? in that situation as a company do you want to be the joke you know what I mean? just remember like it wasn't that long ago that when you mentioned apple people laughed when you when you mentioned mac as an os people laughed because almost nobody had that shit yeah. and here we are and that's on the flip side it's been amazing to watch apple slash mac retake part of the home computing market because you know when i got into retail sales 15 years ago they were less than 10% of the entire market. And now they are definitely much more than that. I don't know exactly yeah, where they're at, but they're definitely a much bigger part of the market than they used to be. They recovered. And then what they did through iPod and, you know, smartphones and everything like that, they completely changed everything. Um, 
yeah, I just think that Blizzard, like, if we're really honest, when was the last time Blizzard put some out something great? Incredible. Like, absolutely mind-blowingly good. Overwatch, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, that is, I don't know. I mean, Overwatch is an incredible property, I think. I, the gameplay itself, uh, I find it lackluster sometimes. It's just not my thing. And I think that's how they lose people, but it's printing a ton of money. And I think people who even who don't even like to necessarily play Overwatch on a you know daily basis or even a weekly basis, they still like the characters. You know what I mean? And that's the other thing is like Blizzard fans are Blizzard are are fans of these Blizzard games, these properties, not just because of the gameplay. They're fans of the characters that are involved, the storylines and the stories that have been told. I mean, there's people who buy the StarCraft books, the Warcraft books, the Diablo books. You know what I mean? Like, they care about the lore. They want to see the stories move forward, or they want to see new stories be told in these worlds. And that's not getting done, really. Overwatch isn't telling any story inside their world. But they they planned for comic books. and, And no, I'm kidding. They canceled all that. But no, I get it. And that's really surprising that they canceled all that stuff because they've been doing a lot of other stuff that's been working out, like yeah. merchandising stuff, you know? Uh, it's cheaper to, you know, make plushes than it is a 25-page comic book. I guess. Impulse buys, man. Impulse impulse. Wins. And you're talking about the Never Enough thing. There's always somebody, even if the – and it's maybe the CEOs before, it's like, no, 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 let's focus on good content, community, blah, blah, blah. There's always somebody in the air going, but you're leaving X amount of millions or even billions on the table. We should go after that. But we make, we print money. We make billions a year, but you're leaving, you're making 1 billion a year. You can make five, you can make the, you know, and, and when the rains change, sometimes things shift forward. We'll have to see what well, history says in 10 years. You know, the, the, the big thing here is that Activision being the parent company, a lot of people keep pointing to Activision and being like, everything they touch turns to shit now because they're they're another EA essentially, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Activision also bought them ten years ago, so. But it would it could be argued that it takes a long time for the culture to completely change, sure. right? Yeah. 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 I mean, when you do that kind of thing, you usually write in pretty big contracts for the head creators and the. Head I mean, the other thing here too is like we're talking about people who've walked away like Morheim and Metzen, for example, those guys are pretty young comparatively. Like they're not retirement age. You know what I mean? They're, I, I think Metzen's in his like forties, late forties, early fifties. I think he's in his fifties, early fifties. Uh, you know, all those guys are roughly in that same age group. They're, they're still 20, 30 years out from walking away from being able to do stuff. And they're clearly not completely out of touch with what, you know, the fan base is into, but they're all walking away from the company. So it looks like it's a culture shift with the company. Perhaps. And I wonder how long their non-compete is and before we'll see a Tim Schafer type startup. Yeah. Well, we see, we see that a lot lately, you know, people who made games that became the pinnacles of their, of, you know, of the 10, 20 years ago have moved on to other companies and stuff. Now we have new gods. (sighs) Just rock gods. (laughs) Uh, you know what? Let's hit the break here because that was a good conversation. Let's hit the break, and then we'll do these these headlines and all right. Y'all guys want to do? We don't have to do all the headlines because uh, that went that went a lot better, <laughs> a lot better, longer than I thought it would, and I I really enjoyed it. So uh, stay tuned. When we come back, we're gonna be charging you per minute for the rest of this podcast, just like Blizzard. Well, you say you're not happy with what's coming out in Blizzard and Diablo. 
let me propose something you may fancy more than that. Patreon.com slash breaking the panel is where you can go to support this show. If you don't want to dump monies into video games, this is where you can dump monies. One dollar a month is just tip, saying good job on show. Where you want to donate though, is at the three dollar level, they allow you to come into the Discord, and get your voice heard about each topic every week. Five dollars a month gives you exclusive panels, and the raw video of each week's episode. $10 a month brings you into our weekly gaming night that will involve Philip and Charles either playing Left 4 Dead, Borderlands, Rocket League, or other games. And if you really want to be a whale on Patreon, you can sub at the $50 level, which makes you exactly the producer of show. Just when you thought we were done complaining about things, then the second half of the show happened. Enjoy! Man, we're back in the saddle again. Uh, I'd like this. I like this one because I love, I love the book, The Time Machine. I love the original movie from the 70s. Uh, it director takes on the time machine andy how do you say it muschetti 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 and it's italian so god damn it i'm not racist fuckers would you like a bowl of piscetti how do you call the spaghetti anyway i don't know how to say his name obviously but he directed it and from all accounts, not that out of the park. People have loved it. I didn't realize his debut was Mama, which was a very acclaimed horror film in 2005, 2008, sort of. Not the Mama. Yeah. Uh, of course, he is, uh, he is also directing the live-action adaptation of the manga animated series Attack on Titan for Warner Brothers, uh, which... I don't know if you guys are looking forward to that. I, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I gotta say, man, I don't know how they're gonna do it. I'm not yeah. actually watched the for, for people who don't know what Attack on Titan is, let me just describe this and then ask you if you think this will work in film. Uh, Does so, it have tentacles? No. Walled, walled cities are attacked by giant naked man baby Titan, they're called titans right okay and the, way, the way they're fought is their bodies are like impervious to damage for the most part except for the back of their neck where people can use zipline apparatus to zip around from building to building to try to get behind their neck to slash it with razor blade swords that snap off like a razor blade does yeah do you think that will translate well to film it's gonna be huge um it's gonna be terrible because it's going to be all CGI and it's going to be the worst. It's going to be God. I'm looking at some of the images for this thing. It's going to make so much money in the Chinese uh, market. Just like know, Warcraft. It's going to do very bigly. Dude, it's going to be great. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, I can't picture it. 
I, I'm with you. I cannot visualize what the hell this is going to look. Attack on Titan. Like I always talk about, the first two episodes of Attack on Titan were mind blowing uh, because they're it's very graphic and it goes places you don't expect it to. Yep. I just don't see it translating well to film. Attack on Titan is one of the only animes that me and the wife both sat down and watched together because we were just the story is wonderful. This project is impossible. And you have to be a madman to even sign on to try to make this a real thing. Okay, that's that's but the time machine. The time machine. <laughs> I, well, they're, I, they're twisting it, Phil. They're twisting it. Are you a fan of the original Time H. G. Wells book? Yeah, I like it a lot. Did you watch the the original? Well, I don't know if it's the original is the seventies movie, The Time Machine. I didn't watch the seventies version. I saw the two thousand and two version. The time I machine. I saw that too. I don't remember it as well. Oh, it was pretty bad. Yeah. But a lot of H.G. Wells stories don't get made into great films. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I honestly, I thought the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds was as on par with the original, which is saying it's much better in the theater of the mind than, than on screen. Sure. But it, it was graphically well done, and that's really all you need for that film. Uh, but, you know, the... the the time machine originally he goes back in time, does this and that, but he ends up breaking, goes forward in time, and the Morlocks—I think that's what they were—the Morlocks, uh, the future people were all mindless cavemen essentially, and they kill him, and they trash his machine, and it's it's, it's dark and kind of psychologically horror filled, so it makes sense that you get a psychological horror director to direct this. I, I hope he, I hope he kills it. I think he will too. I really like his directorial stylings and i'm excited so this is the one line about it the tale revolves around an inventor who hopes to alter the events of the past and travels 80 800 years into the future where he finds humankind divided into warring races so that they're twisting that a little bit right because there was never a warring races the other ones uh we'll see we'll see what do you think uh paul are you a fan of any of that uh not familiar i'm not the biggest horror guy uh i heard good things about it but i don't i'm not afraid of clowns and so i've avoided all iterations of it in order to not become afraid of clowns i think just the whole idea of clowns is just i've never seen one that was truly happy and should be kids should be drawn oh sure i think they're weird but i'm not creeped out by them per se uh, so I don't need that to change. Fuck Juggalos is what Paul's saying. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just, yeah. just fuck them and their Fago they wrote in on. Wow. Uh, here's one that I realized now that I'm looking back at, at things. Uh, through my influential years, there was this little little known movie. Maybe, maybe made Will Smith the star that he is today called Bad Boys. And uh, I now realize that was a Michael Bay film. Did not mm-hmm. realize it, but it, I love the shit. I quoted of that thing so do. much. Love the shit. Love Bad Boys 2. Bad Boys 3 is coming now. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are teaming up with Michael Bay, and we're going to get some more penis jokes on our horses. Do they put their holsters on their walkers now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I can't wait. I can't uh, wait to do a panel it, on this with you, Charles. It's uh. <laughs> Is the plot of this film that somebody stole all the Bengay in the retirement home <laughs> and they need to track yeah. that down and shut that cartel down? God, man, the f- best slide was 
when their chief is chewing their asses out of that basketball court in the first movie. Like, did I stutter? I didn't stutter. I was fucking standing there when I spoke, and I did not hear myself stutter. I told you. I was like, oh, my God. I've used that on my kids. I've used that on my wife. It was <laughs> It was never not, It didn't go well when I used it on my wife. But uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, man. So, uh, and this one we talked about, what, a year ago? about all the different comic book movies that are in the works and bloodshot was one of those, which is, I want to try to remember before I look at the link, it's uh dark horse or valiant. I think it's valiant. Let's see if I was right. People, um, uh, let's see what it says, but Vin Diesel is, uh, the lead in this film and the co-creator Bob Layton says, I'm going to get to see who makes it. Uh, here's the quote, which I found kind of awesome. I, it's going. I'm going to put it very succinctly. Character, character, character. It's not about big fight scenes. It's not about giant tentpole stuff. The thing that really makes superheroes resonate is character. And I'm going to skip some of this about Tony Stark. But in the case of Bloodshot, they're focusing on Vin's character, and it really seems to be more of a character-driven movie than rather than just a lot of big explosions and 9/11-style building demolitions. Uh, so, hey, I love this. The most boring part of superhero films to me are the pornographic giant fight scenes that take up the entire third act. That's not entertainment. It's just a giant amusement park ride on film. Not that, not entirely wrong, but I like the direction that he's going in, where this is going to be something well, to believe in. But, but that raises a question: Why do people feel like they need to shit on Blizzard? Like, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like I don't understand why these art house directors want to shit on the people who do the big spectacle production, like there's room for both and there's, you know what I mean? Like, and like the Marvel, like daredevil in particular has proven that you can do superhero stories, for example, with, yeah, without that massive spectacle and still have it be great, but you just do it in a different way. You know what I mean? So I, I just don't, sorry, I did, didn't mean to like, no, derail, but I just don't get like, people like to take these pot shots that I don't really totally understand. You always have to go after who is hot at the moment, and everybody's always trying to take down the king of the hill. I mean, it's fair. It's it's in every industry, just not the film industry. But what most film directors and people who, uh, you know, are, are indie filmmakers, are just fed up with seeing superhero movies year, you know, month after month for the last. 10 years 15 years keep in mind that bob layton's no filmmaker he's the co-creator of the comic oh okay uh, uh, mm. i mean you're not wrong with your comments i'm just being clear about who sure. uh i i agree i mean you don't need to piss on somebody else to make your stuff great uh maybe he's carrying a chip on his shoulder because it's not a major house comic book it is one of the second tier comics as such as i think i think it was valiant I, it it's is. not it's not here okay um I, I i i he might have a chip on his shoulder you know artists who who maybe felt crushed by others who knows uh i i don't care as long as they make a good film and what they're saying on paper is they're going to make a good film you know, it's about the the heart of the character and about the changeover and for those i didn't know this either for those of you who don't know uh bloodshot is a essentially uh robot super soldier super soldier has been programmed and controlled but uses a weapon eventually finds freedom and realizes his memories have been scrambled by those who created him and including having false memories so we're gonna have total recall meets uh 
Ultimate Soldier. Or was it Universal Soldier? Yeah, is what it sounds like. Which, honestly, when those movies first came out, I loved the shit out of them, too. Not that they hold up now. Because somebody, somebody was trying to say there's a Universal Soldier 4 on DVD. It's like, fuck that shit. I wouldn't even rewatch the first one at this point. But uh, I liked it when it came out. Um, if it's going to be character-driven, character-developed, that's that could be a good thing right there's definitely room for that i think black panther was that you know mm-hmm. i don't think they had we okay i was about to say i don't think they have an epic battle scene they did have a large set piece battle scene at the end of that third act uh it wasn't epic like there was rhinos three yeah there was rhinos well, with armor but that's great films feature that i mean even stretching back to like the 90s like braveheart Braveheart was for a long time considered one of the best movies, you know, like hero movies, if you will, ever made. And it had these huge battles that were spectacle at the time. Yeah. But it also, it's not just great because of that, those parts. It's great because of the character work. It's great because of the, the interconnecting tissue, you know what I mean? Between those battle scenes. Yeah. And the performances that were put in. I mean, I don't know if it, I haven't watched it recently. I don't know if it still holds up as well, but I just want to watch superheroes do normal things like their laundry and <laughs> health care. Yeah. Deadpool did laundry in a laundromat, man. Yeah, but um, I didn't get to see him paying taxes. That that seems you know like a good, you know it okay. seems like a good waste of my time. You know that would well, be fun. That, if Deadpool did that, you know it'd be fucking funny. So you know, though the thing is, Jessica Jones did that, right? Like she it shows <laughs> essentially. Though. Jessica Jones. One of the things that I think people, why people have argued that they're not really thrilled with it, that show is bogged down with a lot of mundane activity, like just yeah. like watching her sidekick patch up holes and shit. Like I mean, it, it it adds to the story. Don't get me wrong, but like if you're somebody who's like the superhero adrenaline junkie, that shit's gonna fall flat for you. You're like. I'm watching them do home improvement. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. They so, gotta flip it. They gotta flip that house and get it into order. They gotta, yeah, flip that apartment. Or uh, Iron Fist 2, where you watch Ward actually sit through an AA meeting. Like, not quite the entire, obviously not the entire 30 minutes, but it was a good 10-minute yeah. scene. But, you know, it, I don't know. It, and the thing is, the screenshot they used to promote this film is Bloodshot double fisting M16s or other some other assault rifle blasting the? Oh, we don't like spe- a spectacle. <laughs> yeah. So well, he said third act spectacle. Yeah, so we don't like over the over the top. It's Vin so, Diesel, so you know it's not going to be Meet Joe Black, right? There's going to be action in it. Even though Vin Diesel, I think he's a decent actor. Is is not going to be that? It's not going to be Twelve Years a Slave, right? It's going to be blow some shit up and. You got a problem with 12 Years a Slave? No, 12 Years a Slave was deep, man. And the acting was Oscar fucking worthy. Yeah. I love him to death. I haven't seen him do anything Oscar worthy. So, yeah. The I pacifier. Mean, <laughs> I mean, everybody loves Vin, but like we all know no. he's not. No, we don't know. all. Shut up. We don't all first, like Vince. The, people who matter. Like Vin Diesel. Okay. Great, yeah. (laughs) Since you called him Vince McMahon, you don't count anyway. I called him Vince Diesel. He's, he's, you know, until he comes and plays D&D with me at Botch Podcast, I I, uh, I don't care. His his take on, quote-unquote, D&D the movie, even though it's not officially, was pretty rough. 
The last witch hunter there was, oh boy. Oh, that's what I. Hmm. He loves playing the indie. That'd be interesting to yeah. see him there. Um, all right. So, Philium, I know, I know, Paul brought this to the table, but you're a Nintendo fanboy. I am. You love everything they do. Sometimes there's a new no 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 you're a fanboy you love everything they do your your wall behind you proves don't, it don't put me into a, a box you, don't you put love, me into a cart there's come <laughs> on man you, you you love Nintendo you're just like womp 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 whatever they put that's, out that's fucking back there <laughs> you're you're like tell your wife hey baby treat me like a cart blow me out and let's see if I play but uh, no there's a new Smash Brothers character that's been announced this this week uh how how does that uh how does that make you feel well i mean there was more than just that they had their final reveal on all of smash brothers laying everything out on the line how many characters we're getting and then they revealed this first part of their dlc is going to be the piranha plant and it even has an amiibo to go with it now a lot of the Nintendo fanboys that you speak of are very upset that this is going to be their first DLC, but it's also free for everybody. So you're not going to be spending money on it. Sure. Um, but it, it does beg the question though. Why? Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, why not? Is my question. <laughs> well, are you saying that there's, thousands upon thousand other characters that have been picked <laughs> we would before never. we went piranha plant is i don't know are you saying that <laughs> is that what you're trying to fucking say to me <laughs> millions upon millions of <laughs> sorry <laughs> i got <laughs> uh, i'm actually okay with it I'm all right with it. Um, am I going to play him? No, no, God, no. But am I going to log in and get him for free? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because are I'm a collectionist. Are you going to get the Amiibo? No, no, no. I have no use for that Amiibo. Um, I actually, until they had their final release video that came out, I believe, um, last Thursday of this recording, I was on the fence about actually picking this up. I was actually going to just let it go through the holiday season without me getting it. And then mm. their final video pushed me over the line. What so. about it pushed you over the line? Um, there's a lot in that little package, um, which I've been hearing my entire life. But um, <laughs> the, the, so, the solo play and the single player mode looks quite interesting. World of Light looks interesting. Um, they're doing this new thing called spirits, which it's kind of like stickers that you can collect throughout the game and to add different stats and abilities to your fighters. What? What? Is that what you're excited about, Paul? Oh, I'm so excited about collecting fucking stickers. Oh my god, it's it's uh, that's been fucking Nintendo's MO for the last decade, it seems like. Well, it's easier to program stickers than it is like actual 3D rendered things so i mean things we care about okay well i mean come on you know they're no blizzard they're not just pumping out things to get monies <laughs> they just underproduce things so they don't get monies <laughs> right exactly they're, they're allergic to money yes. get, though for a slight one-off here uh we my son and i were playing uh, odyssey on the switch in in the uh, target last night 
and he got to the point where you go into the pipe and it turns 2D and you run along the that was fucking phenomenal. Mm, yes. Holy shit. The graphics and the play on that are amazing. Yes. Sorry, I just wanted to No, no, no. You're you're not wrong. You know what I mean? Um uh, the first time I saw that it 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 blew my mind. Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> Come on, <man. laughs> I, I know what you mean. Um why why uh what have you heard on the reddits about this mr klotz are people people excited uh, to uh, honestly it's mostly getting blotted out by the, the diablo 3 conversation still yeah. but basically people are like what you were getting at earlier was like it there's obviously there's a major there there's a different mario franchise character that is clearly missing which is inexplicable kirby <laughs> But there's also a number of other uh, characters that they have access to. Kirby is that... god tier, by the way. Continue, yeah. Paul. No, but there's a number of other characters, popular characters from franchise they've tapped into for this franchise that they have access to that they just inexplicably haven't chosen. I, I just feel like Piranha Plant is like the last thing you make ever. Like, why? Mm. I can't tell you that, Paul. I don't work in Nintendo yet. What about uh, Mother Brain? Are you going to get Mother Brain? I, I, I hope she's a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, well, well yeah. I, I can't I can't talk too much about it because it's just like... I mean, in the grand... Okay, so we're talking about <gasps> a game where you take Nintendo characters and fight each other in an arena, right? And sometimes other licenses. A, a potted plant with teeth does not. I don't know. That's just my take on it. Yeah, it's everybody's. I don't know. I mean, like I don't. I don't get why anybody at Nintendo was like, "Oh yeah, this is a great idea." Yeah, definitely do that. Like, definitely build those 3D models and then develop all the other backend stuff that goes into each character in this game. Do all of that stuff, please, for that. Yeah, absolutely. And we're gonna give it away for free. Cause sure, that, great. All, all of that makes sense. And they, they're doing it is it's like a pre-purchase bonus, right? Like you got to register before a certain point. No, no, no. Well, yes, yes, but it's not only for pre-purchases. Once you get the physical copy, right? But w- there's there's a cutoff. There's like a time you, window. Yeah. If you don't buy this game in the first X amount of time, you will not get this free unlock right january yes january 31st 2019 is a fucking potted plant supposed to inspire us to buy this full banger in the holiday season is that what their thought process is uh well no because uh, i mean technically nobody if you're on the fence about this game you're probably going to skip it anyway but most of the nintendo switch community is not on the fence about this this is their flagship game of this season right right so, you but know, that's, I, that's what I mean with the just like the early purchase <laughs> aspect of it. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like a gimmick that serves no purpose. Uh, now, if it had been Waluigi, he's already an assist trophy, so he's never going to make it in as a playable character. Oh, Jesus. But there's, there, you're not wrong because, like, with, with other characters, you have, you know, Egad from the Luigi Mansion game that everybody wants. You've got characters from Mario RPG you can pull from, more Fire Emblem people, or, you know, even more Final Fantasy people. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be interesting to see I mean, what the other five 
DLCs that they're going to be coming out with next year are actually going to be? Yeah, it's going to be uh, the Noid from Avoid the Noid. Super oh, Nintendo. God, you're right. I mean, if they Nailed if it. they tap into any of the most popular characters in uh, Final Fantasy, they're just going to print money. Once well, they- here's what I have predicted in my own brain. They're going to bring Cactar from Final Fantasy. <laughs> I would rock Cactar. I yeah, would play everybody would. But you do even better. Needles, Tonberry. Yes. Oh my God. Is Tonberry? You don't get hit. Tonberry just sits there and charges up, and then when somebody gets close to him, he one shots them. Yes. He doesn't move very much. He moves very slowly. That would be great. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Phil. No, no, you're good. Um, I think that there is five more DLCs coming out for Smash before the year is over of 2019. I think that they are going to release characters around games that they have coming out in 2019. So we'll see what, you know, gets announced for the next couple months. But if you, if you want your PD piranha plant, you know, you got to act fast. Mm -hmm. And you know, the collectors will, I mean, that's, that's the thing. So um i got a couple of little uh these are just little tidbit things uh they're not not gonna garner much uh conversation uh riot games you know the maker of league of legends they had worlds over the weekend and they released yet another incredible uh animated music video that also coincides with releasing a set of skins for the characters that were in the video but they basically made a uh k-pop band out of four of the female characters from league of legends and if that's at all interesting to you, if you haven't seen it yet, it's on YouTube. It's called KDA, the name of the group. It's it's the it's a K-pop banger. I'm not gonna lie, the track's actually really good, um, and the uh, skins look dope. That's just a little tidbit. Uh, but one thing I did want to say though is this kind of ties back to the Diablo thing a little bit. In that people were like, "Oh, what is you know." This, are they just trying to appeal to like the K-pop fans or whatever? And it's like, no, they their game is huge in Asia and K-pop and J-pop and everything like that is huge in Asia. And so making a fake K-pop band out of their characters is a no brainer that like people are just going to go nuts for. So they're going to sell a shitload of skins and it's, it's a cool thing that they did. Uh, More this broke while we were, or I bumped into it while we were recording tonight. Um, I've talked about Warframe in the past. I talked about earlier in the year that they had a big release coming around this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a matter of fact, it's coming next week or this week. Uh, It's called Fortuna. It is a whole new planet. Um, It's an open area zone, uh, which is like a free roam zone. Uh, For anybody who's played Warframe, you understand that that matters because they only have the one that they released last year, Planes of Eidolon, before this. Uh, And a whole fucking mountain of content coming with it. There's a new Warframe. There's a whole bunch of new weapons. There's, and obviously, a whole new uh, area to explore and factions to do quests and stuff for and bosses to fight and stuff like that. Uh, What's really interesting about that is this new open roam area is like four or five times the size of the first one they did. So one of the one of the minor complaints about Planes of Eidolon from last year was that it was as cool as it was to see an open zone like that. People were like, it is relatively small. Like you can kind of get around it um, pretty quickly. This is going to be much much bigger, um, and it's set on Venus. So you don't want to get around it quickly. 
Not necessarily. You want it to feel expansive, you okay. know, because because the rest of Warframe is it's mission. You you load into missions where it's procedurally generated boxes and tunnels for the most part. There's some open area tile sets, you know what I mean? Where there's a big open area, but it's not massive. Like you would expect out of an MMO or something like that, where, you know, you, you go into this Valley and it's as far as you can see. And you know what I mean? Like it's like Skyrim, for example, you know what that I mean? Sky- sounds horrible to me. I like rails, man. I like knowing I can get from here to there. Well, like, yeah. I mean, you're, you're a Luddite. We know, but, um, <laughs> Well, but you got to realize, like for for five years of this game being out, that's all that there was was on the on the rail stuff. So I got it was you. A huge oh wow! For them people to go, weren't complaining that they only had on rail stuff in five years of producing this game. It's weird, and people kept playing it. Well, well they kept pushing boundaries and producing new content. That's hmm. how that works. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. They also uh, made a mountain of fucking money as an independent developer of a free-to-play game because they did something that everybody told them they couldn't do. What print money? No, they don't actually have loot boxes. They had loot. (laughs) They technically had a. um, They had something in their game that you could buy for premium currency that was essentially a loot box, and they removed it voluntarily very early in the game because they didn't want to have basically a gambling mechanic like that unlike other games that monetize through microtransactions they, basically you get what you buy in this game so i like why, that why i've always been a big fan of them is and you can trade stuff with like a lot of the stuff in the game you can trade between players so i have made thousands of platinum i've, I've easily made hundreds of dollars worth of premium currency by selling stuff to other people and trading with other people so this game is on multiple platforms right it's uh it's on xbox and uh ps4 now um it's also it, the big communities PC, right? PC, right? yeah this is coming out for pc this week it will be a little while before it comes out for console and the switch comes out i believe at the end of this month if not early december is it really already yeah. announced that quickly mm-hmm. oh okay i wasn't following it closely so because i yeah um the, so- the, the switch port is going to be a huge deal so do you get one account across different um, my understanding is with the switch switch they were looking to offer a um basically you would imprint your pc account if you wanted okay over to switch and you could pick up where your progress was but you couldn't persistently log in between the both i don't think sure um i i don't know for sure but i i i guess yeah i'd have to look into it um but anyways huge content release for them and yeah, they're one of the few companies I've talked about them in the past. Digital Extremes, a company that makes us, they're based in London, Ontario. They are probably the most connected to their player based company in video games. They do a weekly stream on Twitch where they interact with the community and show stuff that's coming out and whatnot. Every other week they do a dev stream where they actually preview stuff that's coming out. They take questions and stuff that their interaction is insane. And they are actually one of the companies that made their own con called Tenocon uh, that they've held for, I think three years now. So they uh, definitely your, your example of a grassroots uh, effort that paid off because of a commitment to quality and to fair, you know, microtransactions. They started off as a tabletop game, right? No, no, this that's one, Warhammer. Like, that's Warhammer. Okay, yeah. sorry. I yeah. get, thank you. Uh, the company that makes Warframe started out as uh, 
kind of a, a, a house for hire. You know what I mean? Like they would do spec work for other companies. Like they would pick up projects and whatnot. Um, they did do a game called, oh, what is it called? Dark, Dark something that was basically the predecessor to this IP. But this IP was completely developed in-house by them. So it was, uh, and they went to a number of publishers and said, hey, this is our idea, blah, blah, blah. And everybody told them to take a hike. Hmm. Nobody, nobody wanted to buy in on it because they thought it would fail. And it hasn't. And yeah, they were, uh, when the PS4 came out, they were one of the first free-to-play games that was available on it. Uh, when the PS4 first came out, it was one of the first games, period, that was on it. Um, yeah, so they... They've pushed hard. Is it still free to play? Just microtransaction yeah. support? Wow. Yeah. All right. And you don't, you literally can play the game without spending money. I, I have, and I've gone months without spending anything. And I know people who've never spent a cent and you can, you can get everything. Some stuff is time limited, like any game, you know what I mean? Like there might be events or whatever, but right. a lot of that stuff is still tradable though. So if you, if you can amass the platinum to buy it from another player, you can have it. I've bought stuff that hasn't been available for a year or more before because I needed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. But yeah, it's a great game and it's going to have a huge content dump. Uh, also, if you're even remotely interested in it, maybe you played before, or you're looking to get into it. They've been doing this thing with Twitch, which is incredible, called Twitch Drops. So when they dropped Planes of Eidolon last year, if you watch streamers, you know, official partner streamers for Warframe, you would randomly get mailed rewards for watching the streams right so like some of the awards were kind of dumb like they were just stuff that didn't matter but some of them were great like you could get warframes and weapons and stuff and even if you didn't right, in were, game mail or in your yeah, in game mail yeah it basically random loot that would just get sent to you for free so how um, now that that brings up an interesting question for me how they know do you tie your warframe account to twitch yep and, okay is that part of twitch prime or just twitch yep. nope yeah. no it is part is of it twitch. okay well yeah, you, you can tie a lot of your accounts to your Twitch account. So like my Steam and my Blizzard account are both tied to Twitch. You don't have to have Twitch Prime to get the Twitch drops, but it is part of the Twitch Prime functionality Mm. because they have done Twitch bundles with Twitch Prime. Warframe has. Okay. Um, So they've done a few of them and they've been great value. I mean, even if you were subbing for that month, if you're what you got for the $5, was insane like really good shit um vaulted uh premium frames that weren't available normally it was it's crazy good stuff that they've given away but yeah they're doing the same thing again with this so for the i think the first two weeks that the this new quote-unquote expansion is out the new content you can watch uh official partnered streams and get stuff i'll be honest with you a lot of people game it by multi-boxing it like I will set up like five or six different streamers. I'll have their windows all open in Chrome and then I'll get up and walk away from my computer and go do other stuff. And it's watching them, but yeah. I have watched some people play the stuff. It, it's cool. It, it's really cool because they get, um, they get some of the variety streamers like, uh, uh, professor Broman was a, uh, he's a really big destiny community streamer. He's come over and played new, when new content has come out for Warframe and they, they get people basically who, you know, play games that are similar and it's been pretty interesting in the past. So it's something to check out if you're into that and uh, you'll get free shit. Cool. How good that free cool, shit is. Man. Who knows? It's a, 
I'll always say the thing about Warframe is it's a beautifully unique game that is unlike any other game on the market. People try to compare Destiny and Warframe a little bit just because there's some design features that are somewhat similar. But there is no game that flows like Warframe. They sell it as your space ninjas, and it's true. Uh, The movement in Warframe is absolutely insane. And there's dozens of frames at this point. So you you can find a Warframe that fits any play style, and you can find weapons to go with it, too. So it's it's crazy. Uh, space ninjas with hoverboards. That is coming with Fortuna. Yes, the hoverboard. It looks great. It's fun. you're gonna be able to do flips and tricks and yeah. shit. It's gonna be so amazing. That's pretty awesome. And that takes us right into what are you watching, playing, and reading this week, Phil? Yes. What you watching and playing? Uh, so I started season two of Castlevania. Yeah. Well, funny because that just happened in the episode I watched. So, uh, yeah, Castlevania is still fucking awesome. I can't believe that, you know, the art style and the writing is still as good. Uh, this one has a little comedy into it as well, which I enjoyed a couple, uh, quippy quippy one-liners that that made me chuckle so i'm excited but what i'm even more excited about is that since castlevania is doing so well the development team of castlevania is now in talks to do the same thing but for the legend of zelda for netflix good so fingers crossed i have complete faith in whatever they're gonna do you know what other property would be really good to see this Castlevania team tackle. No, Warframe? No. Uh, no, Diablo. Oh, well, they, they're they already having a Netflix show. Oh, so, I know. I'm just saying. So it, it will come out when it's ready, and you'll have to wait until then. And until that comes, you can just play their mobile game at PlayDiabloImmortals.com. <laughs> week after they launch it on Netflix, they'll launch the patch on Netflix and make it run better. Because we, because we touched back on it, you just reminded me of something. Just today, the official Diablo page on on Facebook changed their icon back to the original Diablo 3 one away from the Immortals one. And people have been just jamming salt on that one. They're like, oh, we're walking it back a little bit, aren't we? Sorry. I just said that, that was the last jab. I had to get it out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fine. Um, you'll be playing it. You'll see. But um, last night, me and a friend of mine decided to boot up the old Left 4 Dead 2, which I haven't played since it was new on 360. Yeah, another property that'll never get its third game. No, but that's fine. So yeah, me... Solid as it's... Well, it could definitely overhaul, graphical and audio overhaul, but it's solid. Me and my old friend Charles McFall played uh, played a first chapter for about an hour and a half and uh, it was it was intense, it was fun, it was chaotic, um, we almost didn't make it a couple times okay, I was like I was, I was like uh, uh, one of those uh, stupid 80s movies where you get into the, the dental cream that numbs you and all of a sudden your arms are floppy because I didn't know how to change the sensitivity of my controller so it was very spastic running around but also there was a point where like we were slow crawling through this mall and Charles was like, I'm just going to go up ahead by myself. You guys, <laughs> you guys are good, right? Great. I'm going to, I'm just going to venture forth to see what 
and then the whole back party just got wiped out and charles is like what 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 happened it's like well you know we needed four people to take down this tank and you were just you know running I around trying to turn the alarm off yeah. and save the day you killed us all but it's fun um and we're actually playing this to test test out some settings on twitch to yeah. see if we can get some twitch gaming streams up for the giant size team up network which we've just about got. I think we've got the tech dialed in. We're I think it's good. I think it's good. So we're going to do a couple more test streams. Um, hopefully, well, this probably won't hit by the next time we, we do it. But keep your ear to the ground and maybe even follow GSTU Media on Twitch. If you want to, right now, if you want to watch a lot of downtime, then, because we're like, let's change this. Let's change that. It's all live stream. Uh, yeah. You're not wrong, but I mean, you know, a chat room probably could have been helpful last night. It would have been, yeah. Klaus, what are you watching, playing, reading? Uh, I checked out Marvel Rising Secret Warriors. I actually watched it twice because I ended up watching it with some friends as well. Uh, it's cute. It's um, The property is definitely aimed at a teen audience predominantly, and it's also aim to be empowering to young women because it's it's really focusing on you know the main characters are kamala and doreen you know squirrel girl uh but it was it was cool um i'm still not sure what they're doing with this property though because i thought it was supposed to be a series but it's like an 80 minute movie and i imagine there's going to be more stuff that comes out i guess i I don't know um but it was it was a pretty cool self-contained 80 minute thing uh and it's worth checking out it's um on the disney app if you have cable um there's probably other ways to grab it as well uh the animation was pretty solid the story was decent it dragged a little bit in the beginning for me uh when they were doing some of the exposition and whatnot but overall it was it's pretty great they nailed the characters um captain marvel makes an appearance and she's great um there's some great voice work uh chloe bennett does daisy again and ming na wen is in it but she, it's not her character from agents of shield um she plays hollow the accuser so it was, it was pretty dope and it, if it's a sign of what they can do with that that little property i think they can do some pretty crazy stuff with it it's it, my, my hopes are high cool i i don't know if it's based off of that or off of any books out there along the same lines but they had a really great uh what was she it was one of the spider characters she is it, it, it was for that show so i didn't quite recognize her it's kind of a mix between gwenpool and uh silk but as uh we were doing spider that Gwen? i don't think it was spider gwen it may have been oh, no it, it's, it, it's ghost spider with, ghost with spider yes. yeah that's Thank spider you. gwen okay because i saw it so we're we're doing the after halloween shopping with the family and the kids all like to try to pick out costumes just to, to mess around it. And I saw that and I showed it to Zoe. And I was like, yeah, Spider Gwen. And she said, oh, she, because she's watching me play Spider Man and all this other stuff. Yeah. This is Spider Ghost. I'm like, huh. But it, it is like twice as big as Zoe was. So well, it, yeah, Ghost, Ghost Spider is her new in universe name because obviously calling her Spider Gwen would not hide her identity. Yeah. Uh, but she uh, she originates out of all the Spider Verse content. She was in the comics, and yeah. she's she's proven to be popular. So, uh, but it specifically said Marvel Rising. Uh, yes, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, she's absent from the Secret Warriors movie, uh, kind of inexplicably, because she's supposed to be a big part of this property, but she just wasn't in this first uh, this first film or long episode, whatever you want to call it. And I imagine there'll be something else that has her in it soon. So very cool. We'll have to watch it with Zoe and Crosby. See what they think. What else you watching or reading? Uh, we had Gengar Day for Pokemon Go over the weekend. Yeah. Um went out and crushed a whole bunch of raids did more than the five freebies um trying to i only got one shiny sean got two or three if i recall correctly um the weather's getting cold in the northeast though so it's uh it's rough waters for trying to catch these raids and stuff uh this weekend is syndical community day and it's going to be real interesting to see how many people are out and about because it was cold as shit uh for beldum community day it was cold as shit up here uh like so cold that you couldn't walk around with your hands exposed like you had to wear gloves or you would get like frostbite from the windshield (laughs) um but gengar day was cool i got a shiny that's actually my best one it's like almost perfect it's a 14 15 15 for anybody who cares uh so i'm hoping to to kick ass with him i'm gonna lick it up with him sometime oh god uh another thing that i i kind of wanted to mention in passing i've been watching the connors which is the (laughs) get the fuck out of here racist roseanne rework of the roseanne show (laughs) um i've been watching that week to week it's it's i think three episodes in it's kind of interesting. I mean, obviously they just picked up where they left off with the Roseanne reboot, but they uh, they took a controversial uh, turn with how they got rid of Rosie. Um, she OD'd on painkillers. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Phil's face. Wow. For folks who only listen at home, Phil's face right now. Uh, hey, yeah, no, they, so they killed her off. She, uh, I, I can't remember if she had a heart attack or just passed in her sleep or whatever, but ultimately from complications from taking too many painkillers, some oxys. And uh, apparently Roseanne is super pissed about that because she, she feels like that's disparaging her character. Well, um, you know they did that on purpose yeah. to disparage her character. But the, well, but the first episode was pretty raw and powerful i gotta say um watching those people deal with you know in character obviously dealing with the loss of the you know the matron of that family and watching you know i I actually think it's they've lost viewership obviously because people tuned in to see how they handled it uh so viewership dipped after that and obviously they're going to lose a lot of the people who we're mad that Roseanne was let go altogether, but I actually think it's better for the show. I think it's a more interesting story direction. Uh, they really get to to tackle a family dealing with the grief and the loss of losing, you know, someone so early because she, you know, they're not the parents aren't old. Dan and Rosie weren't necessarily right. elderly yet, <laughs> but they killed Dan off in the original one. Yeah, well, so. that's perplexing because he's back. Yeah, because yeah, he's not dead. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, and obviously he's like the the elder rock of the show now. You know what I mean? Um, but Jackie also is like, she's great, uh, over the top and and um, actually the the real, I would say the real emotional oh, anchor of the show now is uh, what is it? Doreen is the one daughter. Yeah, the the dark haired daughter with the kids. Yes, uh, she's kind of the uh, the emotional centerpiece of the storytelling now or at least she has been so far i think it's great though um it's really it's a weird trip to like go back in time and see this family like 
20 years later, you know what I mean? Um, but it's, yeah. I mean, it's still a, still a sitcom, still got a laugh track and everything, but it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to see how they're tackling the tough topic and the weird, uh, chicanery they had to go through to get to where they are right now. So. Well, for the people who work on the show, I hope it's successful. Otherwise, I, you know, I, I haven't been meaning to check it out just to see. Cause I, I loved Roseanne, the original. I loved Roseanne, the new version. Um, I don't know the person, so I'm only talking about the character on TV, of course. Uh, so I was curious to see how they were going to do it and if it'd be, if it'd lose any of the chemistry that it had that caught me before. So. But holy shit, man, I'm watching a playthrough of Warframe. What the fuck? <laughs> this thing looks badass, man. Well, you can play it on PS4. Yeah, well, I've got Steam, too. I'm not a huge fan of the control scheme on PS4, but, uh, I mean, if you can get used to it, it's... Well, I, I would have to use to it because it's going to be the same control scheme I'd use on Steam anyway. Because I'd use a controller on Steam. Oh, well, there you go. But, um, yeah, I'm going to check. That's, that's on my future watching, playing, reading list. Uh but, I will say this, and I warned every. I've talked about this on the show before. It's a lot. Like, there's a lot to the game. There's a lot of things to get, and it does. It doesn't ha- hold your hand very well. It doesn't have that traditional video game experience of like, oh, welcome, and here's how you do this, and here's how you do that. It does a little bit of that. It's got a little bit better because about yeah. two two and a half years ago, they released some intro stuff that helps in that regard. But it is absolutely a game that's going to be like all right here you go you've gone through the tutorial missions and now go out and do what you can and just push and it's also a game that you have to decide what you're going to do you have to make your own goals you have to be like hey oh i see that rhino warframe the the real tanky one he looks dope i want to build him so you go farm the boss that drops his parts eventually you get all all the parts to make him you make him and then you go level him up and get to learn his powers and everything and you you choose your path it is a very open-ended game in that regard i might not like that but so far it looks like something i would um on the surface enjoy playing so Mm -hmm. and and my son's been pushing me because he wants to get more on steam oakland does so since it's free to play, I might get that on a computer and let him try it, yeah. either with a controller or a computer controls, whatever. Um, so yeah. Uh, so watching, eh, I, I'm about fifty percent out of the Berlanti verse. I really just don't give two shits about Arrow anymore. I tried Supergirl, didn't care. Flash, I'm watching uh, about three episodes behind, so I watched the first two today. It's still Flash. It's still why you go into your candy store as you pass through it in the mall or somewhere and go, hey, you remember, you remember I like this candy? Yeah, and you get it and you eat it and you done once a year kind of thing. And Flash is bubblegum. And it's fun and it won't change. And that's great. Um, it's all right. I mean, they're, doing the, it's, they're doing the whole daughter thing this year and it's interesting enough. Uh, Legends Tomorrow is a lot more fun. They're They're None of these shows are serious. I think that's why I don't like Arrow anymore. They tried to get too serious, mm-hmm. and it's really not. Um, so Flash never gets serious beyond the CW moments, but they always throw in a joke here and there, and they always play fun stuff. Legends Tomorrow always knows it's fun, always makes the jokes, and they're trying to throw in a few little layers here. Biff. Biff is on Legends of Tomorrow. If you love all things that are Back to the Future, 
Fucking watch Legends tomorrow. There's some great little inside jokes there uh, with with Biff playing the dad of one of the characters. That's just genius for them to like. Yeah. Hey, you come here. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> come, come join this time travel show. So uh, it's 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 awesome. It's, it's as soon as I saw, I was like, oh, I'm sold. Uh, and I, I was talking about Phil. I was talking about flipping through that net was coming to Netflix. Everybody who loves creativity, who loves masters of what they do and loves good documentaries needs to watch Euro Dreams of Sushi. Euro Dreams of Sushi is one of the most amazing pieces of art documentary that I've ever seen. It's one of the masters of sushi making. His shop is a eight to 10 person seat place in the subway in Tokyo. And it is just is one of the most amazing things to watch. Uh, my wife doesn't like sushi at all. And she was like, after watching that, she wanted to go try what he did. You know, um, it's coming back. It came back uh, the 2nd of November. It was on Netflix before, went away. Now it's back. I'm probably going to watch it another three or four times before it goes away again. I just love that thing. And then I also went out for Gengar Day. And, eh. Yeah, I'm, I'm great days are just going to be whatever, man, because the the people I'll tell more about the story tomorrow on, or I'm sorry on uh, whenever we record this week for Pokemon Go podcast. But the people are dicks and I hate them. Really? So, yeah. It, it, so, uh, yeah, I can tell the raw version here. Right. So, you know, I'm in the discord and and nobody's playing shit. And the person running the discord, I'm actually in two discords. I didn't want to go to Covington because those people kind of irritated me the last time. And uh, I was going to take the little ones out. They, they want to go out and catch and play. And we've got a, a burner phone for them to do that with. And I saw some people. Going, one person said they're going to be at a park that's five minutes from my house. And that's where they're going to start. Like, cool. I want to tag along. No response. No nothing. I got there. I showed up. And this time, I, I tried even harder. I didn't wear my Pokemon shirt. No self-promotion. I actually wore this shirt, the, the Hulk pissing and breaking the toilet shirt. And my walk up, everybody's got their phones out. I was like, hey, I'm Charles. Yeah. That's it. That was all the words that were said to me the entire fucking time. I was like, um, all right, dicks. I didn't say that. But I was like, hey, guys, let's go catch these Pokestops we hadn't spun before. We went over there. And we got together for the raid, took it down, captured it. Uh, cool. And everybody's like, we're going to the post office. I was like, all right. But the thing is, they, we beat the raid, and everybody, like, runs for their cars. Well, aren't you going to catch it? And one or two caught it on their way to their car. I'm pretty goddamn sure some of them are fucking catching this thing driving, which pissed me the fuck off. I'm like, there's no way you went to where we're going next as fast as you did, as fast as you left without trying to catch that in the car. And that's not cool, man. And I'm on the Discord going, hey, I'm coming. I'm right behind you guys. Nope. We had eight cars to start with, four, counting my car, made it to the second stop, and they had started without me. Mm. And so I just waited for them to finish, and we went to one, like, just the parking lot over. I fought that one, and then they took off. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you guys. And I took my kids to the park, and we went and had fun anyway. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, my local community here is pretty good about that. Um they communicate on the discord for the most part though there was a real lack of communication on our discord for this one um i did see the big group was there for one of the gyms and then they just kind of fucked off and went and did but we found people there were enough people that we were able to 
chain a couple times with a with a yeah. basically we formed a couple of pickup groups consecutively that were able to get the ones that we hadn't done yet in the area because there's probably about 10 gyms in uh in rome new york that uh that are right in downtown basically. And so we just basically hit everything that we hadn't hit yet with people who hadn't hit them yet. Um, but they're pretty good. Like if you, I've, we've walked up on them with like 15 people in a raid and they've all left with like 20 seconds left on the countdown to get us in. Yeah. And that's been my experience. Uh, I've been with people raiding in, in the Covington area. Uh, which is one I didn't want to go to. I was a little irritated, and I just didn't want to go out that far. I mean, it's only 20 minutes away. I just didn't want to bother. And maybe I should have. But uh, I've seen that happen where there will be five or six of us, maybe ten of us, in a raid, and one or two will come up late, and we'll jump out. Yeah. You know, and get back in. It's a little annoying if up. it keeps happening repeatedly, like if you're like, oh, this is the third well, round. Oh, yeah. But, but you, you try to communicate. You try to – and I was at – I was like, look, I'm stuck at the stoplight, five – you know, I'm 50 feet from where you're playing, and they didn't even look at it. It wasn't until we finished the technically the third race. I only did two, but it's technically the third race. I missed that middle one. Oh, somebody says they're at the stoplight. Like, yeah, that was me five minutes ago when I was trying to get you guys to wait on me before. And they just looked at me while they're playing. Huh? I'm like, God, you know. And it was just, it was very disheartening. But I caught two, I fought two, caught two, and my kids got to go to the park, and you know. I think it's really funny that like, so you've talked about in the past how you have this impression of like us from the Northeast, how we're like a little harder edged than you're used to from down South. And so a think, typical situation that seems to be. The case. Right. And I, I would generally agree with that. You know, I think people yeah. from, from the Northeast in particular, you know, have a bit of a thick skin and a, a bit of a cut to their jib. You know what I mean? But it's really funny how my local community is so welcoming and embrace, like it, they just embrace newcomers and stuff like that. And they communicate pretty well and stuff. And they, they'll go out of their way to make sure that they wait for you and stuff. Uh, but then your community down there is just like, nah, fuck them. I got mine. Yeah. I, I, and that's, you know, I, I don't know. You, I, you weren't playing when a lot of this went off. So you probably didn't listen to the show. Uh, but that was a lot of my experience when they first started launching Moltres and Zapdos and all that is, mm -hmm. is, Hey, we could get this one if we all band together and everyone's like, well, no, we want to wait over here to this one that there was just not enough people to do. Yeah. And, and it was just that everybody's out for their own. Even like, the community day where I took my kid. Now I'll go to this next one, weather permitting, cause I don't care to get out in the cold or rain or any of that either. But uh, if it's nice, the area that we can go, I can take the kids to go play. There'll be, there'll be 30, 40, 50 people out walking around and you'll say hi to each other, but nobody's playing together nobody hmm. it's all kind of hey how's it going and you keep moving i'm like i want what you fuckers have in the north all the, all you guys in the north that you know listen to the show and everything else i mean well i guess tennessee's not it's north of me but it's not north but joe has a community everybody else has these communities but here it's just like literally if you're hanging out there in the first one or two i got mine peace out yo and it's like all right but yeah. overall still enjoying the game still uh having fun and and uh cool things are coming what level are you at now? I'm just fraction away from 37. Hmm. So what's your demo, your average demo of the people you bump into when you go out and do these raids? Older than me. And really? they're yeah. like, typically, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, so I'm 41 for the record. I, I run into people who are, look like they're in their fifties ish. I mean, I don't ask. It's that's one of the things you don't do the South. How old are you? But uh, there's a few, but all adults. All adults. Yeah, all, that's the same you know, thing. 30 and up adults is what's doing this. Yep. 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 I, 
I, we, we've got some, like a couple teenagers and a few, uh, like 20 somethings, like college age kids that kind of roam around once in a while. But most of the people who are playing in my group are people in their thirties and forties. And uh, there's a handful of older folks that are really cute. They're so adorable. <laughs> like there's this lady, uh, doing Gengar with us. We were at a post office and the post office was open on Saturday and they had a, uh, an entry way that's shaped like a triangle and it's got automatic doors on like two sides that face outside and one that faces inside and there's a heater in there and it was rainy and nasty on saturday so we had like 10 people wedged in there trying to hide in the corners of the triangle to not trigger the automatic doors and stuff <laughs> but there was a there's an older lady in there with us and she's like i just want to catch a shiny so i could go home right I, I, I was like oh my god what a world what a world we live in and yeah. it's yeah it's it's pretty crazy um but it is almost exclusively adults that's why i'm always like when I get into conversations about Pokemon Go and like the balance of the game and everything, I'm always like, stop, stop pretending your game is for children and let's embrace, you know, the, the full breadth of what this game can be. Yeah. Well, yeah. Embrace the culture, but all just embrace the complexities of your mainline games. Cause my biggest gripe about Pokemon Go is the combat is really stupid. Like, uh, I'm just going to tap this button as fast as I can. And every once in a while it does a special move. Like that's not thrilling gameplay yeah um i'd like to see them embrace like you know the different types of attacks like you know special effects and all that kind of stuff that they have in the mainline games in pokemon go it would be insane and it would be so much more fun if they did that i think and i think it would revitalize it for a lot of people it could it could so but yeah no i I was just curious what your demo was because that's our experience my experience as well what about you phil i know you travel a bit for your groups so well, I mean, I don't have an, a com- like a community at all. You have a podcast that all plays. Mm, it, everyone's kind of falling off now, except me and Dennis. Yeah, but they'll pick it right back up when they go to DragonCon next year. They will, and um, I don't have the Discord to the town I live in. We have a Facebook group, but it's kind of stagnant. Um, and I just I keep asking for the Discord for us still active people and I just never get it over to me. So I just really do like two, like if it's a one star or two star raid, I can take it down by myself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but that's about it. And then when I go to farmer's markets, you know, I have friends down there, but I'm also working at the same time. So I can't be like mm-hmm. roaming the city doing raids and whatnot. So I'm a lone horse, uh, lone alone rider in my pokemon playing yeah you know unless my wife wants to go out and drop the kid off at school we might hit up the local park together but that's about it there are times where i'm legitimately exhausted with playing pokemon go like i i can't remember the last time i listened to music in the car because we're always playing pokemon (laughs) go in the car now so it's like <laughs> just as an example there are times where i'm like no i'm not pulling out this goddamn phone you don't control me pokemon company but That's also I, you know i've got let's let's go comes out next week so like i've what i've been doing personally is collecting gen ones that i can then transfer over to the game and not have it affect my living pokedex so 
I've spent more money trying to expand my Pokebox. <laughs> it is currently undetermined whether or not I will actually end up getting a Switch in order Ooh. to get to get uh <laughs> i i am i'm in line <laughs> to to succeed somebody else who currently owns the one i'm looking at uh if they do if they're able to find the ev uh special edition one they will be getting that and i will be taking their old ones so then i will get the game if not it will be awkward yes <laughs> as is the ending of the show if you would like to email us it is btp at giantsizeteamup.com you can go to giantsizeteamup.com forward slash breaking the panel leave a voicemail right there on the right hand side of the screen it's a nice little speak pipe patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel is where you can come and tell us we're wrong and get in our discord uh kyle the lamb has been in our discord and chatting and and uh Share to me. I forget exactly what the meme was, Philip, but it's like, yep, yeah, nope, that's about right. And uh, oh, yeah, I actually have that pulled up right now. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty much. Oh, God, thanks Discord for not loading. <laughs> uh, that was the BTP one, right? Yeah. The closest you can get to knowing what it feels like to be a ghost is listening to a podcast where the hosts are trying to remember a piece of trivia that you already know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which is true. I mean I, I've caught myself screaming at the at the radio trying to give answers to nobody. So Yeah, and that's how that flows. But Dio, we're not screaming at the radio, where can they find you? Would you call me? When you're not screaming at the radio, oh. where can they find I don't know why you're gonna make me enunciate? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Imaginary Nomad. Uh, my pin tweet is my switch code, so uh, you better get that all set up so when Smash Brothers comes out, you can beat the living shit out of me. Paul, where where can people find you? You can find me at SoapboxGSTU on Twitter. I might check it. Un, un, unsure. Uh, once Fortuna comes out for Warframe, you can find my ass on the Steam version of Warframe, or PC version, I should say, because uh, I will be playing the shit out of that. I am so hyped right now that I saw that that's coming out in the next few days. Uh, I will also be checking out a whole bunch of streams to get free crap, so that's where I'll be in the near future. Nice. I am the Rock on a Podcast, and you can find me all over the internet as that and i put out videos uh when i feel like it and there's more stuff coming and we're already rocking on some dragon con ideas and more things are coming that way so lots and lots and lots of media stuff keeping me busy nowadays and and uh, check out uh if you're interested in the medical world check out uh georgia institute of ems that's where i'm doing my daily Stuff that I'm going to do, like this this Thursday, I got to go to a regional meeting and see what kind of juicy bullshit they're going to try to slide down our throats. And oh, that's funny. I've got to go be the assistant to the regional meeting. So. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Fuck you, Chris Wisdom. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team-Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. <laughs>